Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Joshua and Jeremy Mathis with Freedom Cash Home Buyers, and they flew in from Miami, Florida to share how they're making $100,000 a month through pay-per-click yep. uh, and also as a subplot, defend their names, because Miami was thrown under the bus in one of our previous episodes. <laughs> uh, so um, if this is your first time tuning in, I am Steve Trang, broker and owner of Stunning Homes Realty, founder of the Offer Fast Homes app, the only only MLS for mar- off-market wholesale properties. And I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. So if that's something you want to do, let's connect on Instagram. If you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, give me a thumbs up. And as a friendly reminder, I don't charge a dime for this show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask. This is what it costs for you to listen to this show. If you give value today, please tell a friend. You can share this episode right now. Tag a friend below or tell me your best takeaway from this show later on. That way we can all grow together. And I am asking everyone for help right now because I'm trying to get to 10,000 subscribers. Uh, So please subscribe. And if you can, ask your mom to subscribe too. (laughs) Um, And stay tuned to the end. I got a special announcement. So don't forget this is a live show. So please post your questions for Joshua and Jeremy to answer. You ready? Yes. Ready. Ready. Let's All go. right. Let's so go. what got you guys into real estate? The long story or the short story? Long story. We got an hour. <laughs> so we had a cleaning business before we got into real estate. We had about eight employees and it was uh, it was bad. We were making really good money, but as far as managing people and how to lead, we were 22, 23. They were telling us when they were going to work, just basically bossing us around. Did you have like a Molly made franchise or something? No, we had. A, no, so ours. the long, the long story of it was, we had a mentor of ours. You know, this guy has a huge company, probably now. You know, they're doing 150 million system wide sales in his company, and he wanted. He tried to recruit my brother and I to work for him right out of college, and we mm-hmm. was like, no, we want to do our own things. We want to take the entrepreneurial route. So he said, hey, look, guys, I have an opportunity. You know, a lot of my franchises are saying these practices are dirty. Let's start a cleaning company together. He's a franchising guru. And he says, hey, you know what? Um, let's start a cleaning company together. So we ended up, um, you know, strategizing, planning with him. He gave us the money. He said, you guys figure it out. You know, you got, I don't know nothing about cleaning. Here's the money. You guys figure it out. So long story short, we uh, started the company. We grew it. And in 18 months, we sold it. Okay. Uh, yeah, but it was just, you know, during that 18 months, from Monday through Saturday, we were working 117 hours a week, um, and I was just getting ready to have my first kid. So I came to him, and I said, look, man, I can't work like this. I want to be in my daughter's life. Um, you know, I want to be around. I want to see her when she takes her first step. Mm-hmm. So we ended up uh, selling that company and got into real estate. But what made us sell it was the guy, our, our mentor and also investor, Every month, you know, or every quarter, we would sit down and strategize with him. And at one strategy meeting, we come in, we start complaining about this, that. He's listening. He's taking our complaints, which he never did. And when we were finished, he said, listen, guys, just sell the company. Right. Sell the company. At that time, I never thought about having an exit from a company. Mm-hmm. He said, sell the company, and I'm telling you, go find something else to do. You guys are 23, 23 years old. You'll figure it out. So we got into real estate while we were still simultaneously operating the cleaning company. We did our first wholesale deal, and it's like, listen, we called the broker the next I mean, the next day after we got the check. You have one week to get this com- this company sold, or we're shutting it down. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. So he found us a buyer. We sold the company, and just been doing real estate full time. What did you guys end up selling for? You said you worked in a year and a half. Yep. Yeah. So the the interesting thing about you know that was a cool process. The whole process of selling a business, you really get to see the ins and outs of things. So. Um, for that, for a cleaning company, you can sell for 1.5 times cash flow. 
um, you know, that our first year we did like we netted I think fifty five thousand. So because of that, we could have sold for like a hundred grand. Mm-hmm. Take a wild guess on what you think we sold the company for. Fifty. No. First time ever anybody knows we sold that company for twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> but what happened was when we first put it on the market three months prior to actually selling it, we had a ton of offers close to asking, but just being ignorant and just thinking, oh no, we can get more, we can get more. We didn't get more. Those people that were supposed to, that wanted to buy our company, they came, when we went back to them and said, hey, listen, do you guys want to take our offer? No, we already purchased something else, or we already purchased the company. We did that first real estate deal, which netted us 20K. It was like, if we can do this at least once a week, we'll be good. Mm-hmm. We called them, listen, drop the price to 20 grand, sell the company, let's get moving. And yeah. even the guy who bought the business for, from us, he said, you guys are nuts. You know, because every, everything was there. We had, you know, SOPs, everything in place for him. So he just, you know, he that bought you guys it. created? Yep. Yeah, from the ground up. Really? Yeah. It just started, it was just us two cleaning offices. And then, you know, we started growing the accounts, growing the accounts, started hiring people. And just, yeah. man, I think that the, the, the breaking point for us was just managing those employees mm-hmm. and not knowing how to do that. That really set us over the edge to really, okay, let's find something else to do because this is not going to cut it, managing these people forever. And at that time, we didn't understand that we create a middle manager and all the things that we could have done to save the company. You guys are 23. Yeah. Yeah. So what, like, you know, I said, okay, we got to change. We got to go a different route. Like, why wholesale? Why real estate? Well, when we first, when we first focused on real estate, it was fix and flip like everybody. You know, with most people, you don't learn about wholesale and at least from my opinion, until you actually get into real estate, because HGTV glamorizes the flip and flip, the, the fix and flip model. Those guys that get all the glory. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. And you say, oh, I can do that, I wanna do that, and then you get in and say, wait, there's an easier way, less risk, possibly No the risk same, at all. Well, really no risk at all, and I can make a sim, a, the same type of money as them, and that's kind of what led us to wholesale. Okay. So, so, but you guys weren't flipping. You guys just jumped straight into wholesale. Yes, we jumped yeah. straight into wholesale. So, who kind of guided? You know, showed you guys the way. We had a. So, <laughs> we heard it. Well, we was we heard one of those ads on the radio. Oh, come to my come to my event. I'll teach you real estate. Mm-hmm. We went to it, and before you know it, we maxed out our credit cards, and yeah, before we did our first deal, we were like. $72,000 in debt. Yeah. From seminars. Yeah, yeah from seminars. seminars. And yeah. the, the greatest lesson we learned from those seminars was, hey, join your local RIA. So we talked to a buddy of ours. He's a successful broker down in Miami. And we said, hey, man, we want to do some real estate investing. And he said, man, you guys should talk to one of my friends. You know, he's good. You know, he, he owns the local RIA. He can help you guys out. So one thing led to another. He introduced us to the guy. And, you know, it's just taking, taking, um, taking off from there. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I had someone they were asking, like, someone was asking. I won't ma- n- mention the name of the of the event, but like, you know, I'm thinking about going to whatever. And I always, my advice always is like, go. You know, you can't get too much information. Just you know, you gotta treat like a strip club. You gotta leave your wallet at home. <laughs> that card. is a great way to put it. <laughs> I love right? it. That is a great way to put it because when they get you there, they You're excited. You are. They get you excited. They they do a great job of selling. Your average mm-hmm. profit is forty five thousand on a deal. You, you do, do one deal. You pay us back, and not bad mouthing those guys, but it was just yeah something I won't ever do again. Yeah. Okay. So, so you got some education from the seminar. And then you got you got some more information from the the, the RIA group. Yes. We got no. We got zero education from the seminar. Okay, except zero. go join your local RIA. 
And then when we learned, when we went to the RIA, that's when we really started learning how to wholesale. And mm -hmm. we did everything exclusively at first on the MLS. Okay, so, yeah. so talk about that. So uh, let's walk through your first wholesale deal. So our mentor who really taught us wholesale, he, he teaches on the MLS. And when we started about three and a half years ago, the MLS was hot. Like you can go on and you can get a deal pretty, pretty easily. Mm -hmm. Our first wholesale deal came, we actually got two deals under contract. So I, we, we, I made an offer, the realtor comes back and says, okay, come up a little bit more. It was two duplexes. At that time, it was 100,000 each duplex. Now those duplexes are now worth easily 225,000. Mm -hmm. So we should have kept it, but whatever. Hindsight <laughs> <laughs> is 2020. Yeah, yeah. So we get the deal on the contract. We sell one of them. Cause you know, when you're first in the business, you know nothing about it. We sold a duplex and a buildable lot. Well, you could build another duplex on the lot for basically pennies. Mm -hmm. But we were just so happy to get our first deal and to make $19,700 that was like, oh my God, like this is amazing. Right, of course. The other duplex, it took us six months to sell because it was, you know, we just couldn't find a bar for it. Yeah. But we were able to prolong it because there was a term in our contract. So we prolonged the closing for six months. We finally so you guys sold it. basically tied it up until you find your own buyer. Right. Yes. All right. That wasn't, that wasn't the intent, but at that time. And that agent was totally okay with that. No, oh, no, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, 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 it was horrible. It was, yeah. it was a bad experience. I'm, I think she called it me everything a, in the book, but it was a learning experience. It wasn't a bad experience. We, we learned a lot from, the, you know, so let's talk about what you learned. Cause that's, that's one of the things that's, yeah. I think is important, right? About this show is guys that are newer, like there's all this glory, right? Like you just get in and you're just going to get some super nice cars, super nice watches, yeah. look real clean in a suit. Right. But in reality, it sucks when you start. Right. Right. So what Absolutely. were the lessons you learned? So I, I think, I think number one, um, you know, we did find a mentor and he kind of guided us through that process on how we could keep the lane closing because it was our first deal. I knew nothing about a contract. I didn't know what the exit clause were. We didn't know what clause we could use to uh, potentially, you know, save us or save the deal. So he would say, okay, you know, the way we sent the contract, it was, you know, we, we had a, you know, like a 20 day inspection period. That was one thing. And then, um, we kept delaying. We, we we had the title company, so the title company, and that's that's another thing I want to share. Make sure you find an investor friendly title company. So the uh, the title company we were using at the time, they're investor friendly. So they were making up every excuse on the book on why we had to delay. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. what else would you would you say? Um, just I can't even think about anything right now. Oh, you know what? One, the, the the thing that that really helped us was in the in the contract. It stated that the tenant had to be out. So you know, there's a clause in the contract that you know that we were getting the property vacant, mm -hmm. but the tenant wouldn't leave. So that mm -hmm. kind of helped us as well. So the tenant mm -hmm. said, "Nope, I have a lease. You know, my lease is up in another you know three or four months." So that helped us as well. So during that time, while we were dealing with trying to get the tenant out, we were still you know marketing the property, trying to find a buyer. Yeah. Yeah. Buying time. So the biggest <laughs> thing is really understand the contract. <laughs> um, so Benjamin Amos wants to know, like, you know, gaining traction. What was, I, I mean, I understand today what your business is, but at that time you were saying MLS. So you were just calling so MLS we, listings? There's, there's a system in Florida that you can use to send out a ton of offers. Mm -hmm. You can send out, I think, like 30 offers a day. And what our mentor taught us, and what you know in sales, follow-ups get follow-up gets the deal. Mm -hmm. It's so important to us. It's one of our company core values. Like follow-up is a core value for us, and that was the bulk of the business. Every day we send out thirty offers, and then the next day, hey Steve, did you get my offer on one two three Main Street? Yes. Do you think we can make 
make a deal happen. No, we have a buyer, and we would put it in the CRM system to follow up two weeks from that 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 conversation. Because mm-hmm. most at that time, it was okay to have a fourteen day inspection period on, the, on while doing deals on the MLS. Now, if you try to get anything more than five days inspection period, they know you're a wholesaler. So, <laughs> so I mean, that was our core business: sending out offers, making phone calls, and following up. That's all we did for the first year. For the first, yeah, year. first year. And when was that? When was your first year? 2016. Yeah, three years ago. So not even that long ago. Yeah, no. 2016. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Christian Uberis wants to know what title company do you guys currently use in Miami? We use a company called Cooperative Title. It's owned by uh, a lawyer. That's a friendly name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cooperative Title. Really great title company. Yeah. So, so then, do you guys have any other struggles in the beginning? Um, just like everybody trying to trying to understand the business, trying to find deals trying to learn how to sell deals and find buyers. The typical struggles is what we had our first year in the business. I mean, Uh, I think what really helped us though is, you know, um, we had each other because as you know, you're you're struggling trying to find that first deal. You're Mm -hmm. struggling trying to get that first deal. And there was days I'm like, man, I don't know. Cause remember now I'm getting ready to have a kid. I don't have no money. So I'm like, look, Jeremy, I can't, you know, I can't keep fooling around. Like I'm have a kid to take care of. Because it took us three months to get our first deal. And then, mind you, we were both were working nine to five. We had we totally neglected the cleaning company. It was like whatever, if it goes by the wayside, whatever, we'll figure out a way to pay the investor back. So it took us really three full months to get to get our first deal on the contract. Well, our first deal was really two deals. So mm-hmm. to get it on the contract, but another five months to close them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so five months to get the paycheck, <laughs> which, yeah. is, which is gotcha. the important part. Uh, so then, how is your operation different than your your buddies in Tampa? When are we in Miami? Um, right now, I think it's different because our only focus right now is online. We, we do all of our advertising online. That's how mm. we do our lead generation. That's, that's, the, that's our business online. Okay. Now, that's got to be somewhat brutal because I've done a lot of pay-per-click, right? I don't know if you heard me talk about this, but like, um, let's see. Five years ago, six years ago, it was just me and Sean Terry. Like, right. That was it. Yeah. There were a couple other guys, and but they weren't like consistent. Yeah. Today, I was I was just actually looking at. It. So back in 2012, my cost per click was like two dollars and thirty cents, and my cost per phone number, right? Not necessarily a right phone number, just cost per lead, was twelve dollars. Wow. Can't now, get that today. Not at all. I would kill for that, right? Right, right. So eventually it became like, wow, this is just stupid expensive. So like, how are you guys able to sustain pay-per-click? Like, is there not a lot of guys doing it? Or what would you say is your competitive advantage there? There are a ton of guys doing it. It's just for us, when we first made the decision. So let's talk about how we made a decision to mm-hmm. go online. Yeah. So we're on the MLS. We're doing 10 to 20 deals a month. And I'm talking about our average was about 20, 25K per deal. 10 to 20 a month. Through the MLS, right through the MLS, like we were we were hitting the phones. Like okay. if, if, if one thing about us, we know we know hard work. Okay. <laughs> so at one point it started to dry up a little bit. Instead of doing like an, a consistently between ten and 15, ten to twenty, sometimes we'll do like seven, five. And I I came there one month. I'm like, listen, you know this thing is about to dry up. We need to find a different method. I want to go online. No, let's do mail because at the time all the gurus were preaching mail. And all the gurus are still preaching mail. Right. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they still are. But he was like, man, let's do mail. So for about a month, almost to a fist fight, I told him 
if I want to go, I want to do what everybody else is not doing. So mm-hmm. if everybody's doing cold calling and mail, I want to go and do online paper, online advertising. At that time, we knew nothing about it, but we had a buddy who who knew more about it. He connected us with another guy who was like an online advertising nerd. Mm-hmm. So we met with the guy, and the guy said, "Listen, give me six months, and you guys are basically going to flush your money down the toilet." Mm-hmm. So at the time we were doing okay. So it was like, you know what? This could be something that's great for the business long run. Those first six, eight months was tough. Mm-hmm. Just to see money going down the toilet, no leads coming in. But the guy over time, what he figured out was, okay, what, mo- the reason why most people spend so much on PBC, they want to do a ton of keywords. Mm-hmm. What he did was he simplified the keywords. So we only go after a few keywords. And another thing that he did was make sure that we're not focusing strictly on PPC. We have other ways to find people online that mm-hmm. are cheaper. So right now, the average cost per click in the South Florida area is well over $40. Our average cost per click now is $4. But we do other things online, like retargeting, display retargeting, mm-hmm. and other things so to help yeah. us out, to really yeah. to reduce that that. That, that. that was a really turning point of our business because like, I didn't want to go online. I mm-hmm. did not want to do it. You know, nobody was doing it. And I'm saying, look, everybody's doing mail. We should get into mail. Everybody's saying, you know, you know, mail has the highest, you know, return on investment. So I really wanted to do the mail. And he was like, no, we should go online, which was a, a, a one of the probably the best, one of the best business decisions we've made mm-hmm. when it comes to this current now, business that we have. We know if we spend $7,000 a month, we are going to make minimum 115000 online. Mm-hmm. We just know that, and that's probably really the only KPI that we track. Cost per cost per contract as well, but when, once we start to really track that, we know okay, if we spend X, we're gonna we're going to generate Y. We are going to increase it really soon, but we have to build out a team. So yeah, okay. so cost per click is four dollars today. Right, that's blended. Blended. But if I if you just look just at PPC, we're spending thirty three dollars on average per, just okay. for PPC. But so on the maybe, initial click, mm-hmm. thirty three. Right. And then cost per lead is right now thirteen hundred. Thirteen hundred. That's cost per lead. Or no, cost no, per contract. Cost per contract. I'm sorry. Yeah, cost, cost per contract. contract. Cost per contract is thirteen hundred. Yes, because like when I stopped, I said screw this. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was at thirty five dollars a click. Yeah. Uh, two hundred. I think two hundred eighty dollars per phone number. Right. And then cost per contract was something stupid. Right. 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 Higher than thirteen hundred for sure. No, right now about thirteen hundred. <laughs> it, 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 it it varies month yeah. by month. If it was thirteen hundred, I still be in it, but. Right. <laughs> but it, it varies it varies month over month, but on average we have thirteen hundred dollars. And I'll attest to the follow up, because you guys were harassing me. Well, you were harassing me <laughs> on Instagram, um, because there are a lot of people that ask, and I always like you know I get I. I, I throw hoops out there, right? It's like, well, you know, go do this, go do this. Right. And then, like, I'll get to it, whatever. Right. But you did not leave me alone. So <laughs> I will attest to the follow-up game. Follow-up uh, is key. If you want to get deals, <laughs> follow-up. It's simple. Um, so let's see. I, I'm, I'm going through some of the questions here. Um, so R- Robert Carrillo wants to know, how did you work uh, with the realtor as a wholesaler? Did you have to provide for, for funds? What was the relationship like? Um, You... So that it was, um, we sent out the offer. Realtor calls us, hey, you know what we. So you submit the offer before the realtor before you talk to the realtor. Yes. yes. Okay. Because yeah, we had a CRM system that would just allow you to send out the offer. So we what's the CRM software for that? Sorry. It was called Reifax. 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 Rei Fax. Okay. I think mm-hmm. it's right now. I think they're only operating in Florida. Okay. Yeah, so, um, so we were using that to send out the offers. We would send the offer. Realtor calls us and say, hey, we're thinking about accepting your offer. We need a proof of funds. 
um, our mentor at the time, he would give us a proof of funds saying, hey, these guys have a $400,000 line of credit. We would use his proof of funds and send that to the realtor. And then from there, they accept the offer and it's just the typical process, get it under contract, blast it out to your buyers, you know, schedule a showing date, get buyers to come to the to, to see the house, mm-hmm. get it under contract with the buyer and go to closing. So typically what percentage of, do you guys, do you guys base out ARV, based off list price? I imagine you guys based off ARV, your offer. We were just, so in the in the CRM system, what was pretty cool, it allowed you just to set, like, so they had their own way of doing, I guess, ARV, so you can, you can set it to send out the offers at, you know, 70, 75%. So we would, most of the time, we would just click 20 properties and just send a blind offer. We didn't do no math, no numbers. Mm-hmm. We know we just had it set at 70% to send the offer. And a lot of times, you know, it would take, you know, that sales cycle was probably three to four months before we got a call back because they have, that realtor has been through other wholesalers who's offered too much, or, you know, they've been through so many finance buyers and they see we're consistently following up with them. So they're saying, hey, you know what? These guys are serious. They want to buy. So, and they'll accept the offer. They're just giving up because you're like George Foreman, where it's like, <laughs> I'm gonna work with these guys or gonna, they won't leave me alone. Right, I'm right. not gonna leave you alone. <laughs> All right, so do you guys still work with agents? We just discontinued that, what, two months ago? Yeah. Two months ago? Yep. Because that we, we tried to continue to do it with VAs, but we just realized that we were making five, seven thousand on a deal, and it was too low. Yeah, it just wasn't worth our time. We felt we we said let's build out a real team around PPC, and we can do something really, really amazing, which is what we're in pro, in process of doing. Gotcha. Uh, Josh Bennett wants to know what CRM you guys are using right now. Mm-hmm. Notes on my phone. The notes. notes the notes no. app on my phone. No. Right. Guarantee. We are building out a podio. <laughs> we're building out a we're, podio right we're now. We're spending a ton of money building out Man. a podio system, but it was people when, when we tell people that they say no way. Yeah, but for I me, I was trying to stay in the seat and not jump over the table. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 have missed out on some deals because of it. But yeah. what? And I'm I'm in charge of acquisitions. He's he's dispositions. What works for me is. I genuinely care about people, and most of the people, one thing I love about PPC, most of our leads are really highly motivated mm-hmm. sellers. They really want to sell. This is yeah. not something where I want to go and try to bid. And, no, these people want to sell. So with me actually caring about their needs and fulfilling their needs, so I just have an innate ability to remember, okay, I know that this person said call them back on this day because they at that point they, they are going to hear back from the bank as to whether they got the loan mod or not. Mm-hmm. So, but okay. but because we've missed out on so many deals, we we now should have a podium up, up and running in about two weeks. Two weeks, yeah, yeah. It's been about gotcha. two month process doing and, it. And uh, Janae King wants to know: Do you guys think wholesaling is oversaturated? Yes, I do. I uh, do. I, I I think it's oversaturated, but I still think you can get deals. Right, because yeah. one thing that we've just, we we just left some of the guys out here in AZ, Jesse and Josiah, and I, I first of all, I love the culture, yeah, the culture that you guys have out yeah. in Arizona. To see how many deals you guys are doing per month and you guys all know each other, that shows me that there are a ton of deals out mm-hmm. there. You just Absolutely. have to know how to find them. Yes, I think there are a ton of wholesalers now, but they are there are a ton of, uh, a lot but of a, deals and a lot of people are falling off because a lot of people say I want to get into the game and they see it this is hard work it's not just I'm gonna get a deal I'm gonna make 20 grand on the mm-hmm. deal no you got to market you got to follow up you know you got to go through that process so you know you get a lot of people that come in and a lot of people that just leave because one thing that we do um, you know we're big on giving back 
and we have what's called impactful hour and once a week we meet with anybody in our community that reach out to us and say hey i want to learn about real estate so we say hey come to my office schedule with our assistant come to the office and you get an hour of our time you can ask any question that you want and a lot of people they start they're excited three weeks in man i called the seller you know, this didn't work out, that didn't work out, you never hear from them. So right. a lot of people want to get into the business and then they see this is hard work, then they just... The checks are sexy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely they are. The, the work is not, it's not <laughs> as sexy. At all. Uh, so then uh, George Gonzalez wants to know how much you guys are spending on a, uh, on a monthly basis. I heard you say seven. Yeah, right now, we, we still are at seven. But within the really? next, yes, the, the, within the next, the, within the next month or so, we're going to increase that. The only reason why we're at seven is because we don't have the, uh, a full team, and what's starting to happen is we're generating so many leads. I'm on the phone, and I believe the only way you win in business is if you pick up your phone. Mm-hmm. Just pick up your phone, and you that's you've done half of your job, and at least in my opinion. And to speak on that, sorry, to go, like I don't understand how a lot of guys are in business and they don't answer their phone. I just don't <laughs> get it. Like I can understand your you know your Grant Cardone, but come on, yeah. like a lot of guys that we reach out to just don't answer the phone, or even like we are sent we sent the guy a lead. Um, and it was in Florida. It, we wasn't in this part of Florida. And we told the guy, like, work the lead, work the lead. The guy, would, he, he wouldn't answer his phone. He wouldn't re- return the text messages. Thankfully, we ended up keeping the lead. We found a buyer in that mm-hmm. part of the state. And, you know, we made $27,000 on that deal. But, I mean, telling this guy, we could have split it 50-50. You could have made nice money. The guy wouldn't answer the phone or return a text yeah. message. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But I'm telling you at the 7,000, because I was at 9,000 when I took my basketball and I mm. took it home. Like, <laughs> not playing this game anymore. All right. So 7,000, I mean, that's that's crazy awesome. But but how long how long were you doing it? I was doing it for a long time. Okay. I mean, I was doing it from 2012. Oh, okay. So I didn't I didn't stop until last year. I was like, man, this is just getting out of hand. Right, right. But I didn't have a professional worker, and I, I was the guy doing it. See, that's and that's and that's the that's the huge that's a huge issue right there. Mm-hmm. So when we first when I first made the decision when we first made the decision, I went to I have a buddy who owns a huge marketing company. He markets solely for dentists. So I go to him. I'm like, listen, I want you to do it. My PPC for him. He was like, listen, man, this is a full. If you really want to compete. You, this is a full-time job from somebody. Mm. Like you either got to hire a company or you have to bring somebody in. And luckily for us, my, that friend he introduced us to now my co-founder in a different company, and we just been crushing it, yeah. like crushing it. So uh, Stephanie Shepard wants to know what company you're using for PPC. Uh, so we again, I we our part we we have our own company that we that we generate leads for other investors. Mm-hmm. So we partner with the guy after him doing it so long for us. Now we so have our own your company. company. Yep. Uh, Josh Bennett wants to know if you got any advice for a 16-year-old getting into the business. Hard work. Um, and then you accountability. Yeah. Accountability is, you know, everybody talks about hard work, discipline, and consistency. Accountability has transformed our business. Big time. Big time. Once we set, you know, accountability in, in place for each other, it's just, you know, because as an entrepreneur, who's there to hold you accountable? You Nobody. say you're going to do it, you never get to it. So at the beginning of this year, we made a conscious effort and say, you know, we meet, we have a level 10 meeting every Monday morning at 835. And his three accountabilities for last week need to get done. If not, he's going to hear my mouth and vice versa. <laughs> and from there, and you know, I'm talking about things that really move the, that move the business, not, you know, oh, I'll make 10 calls. No, things that are really going to, you know, make sure that you take that business to the next level. Mm-hmm. So accountability is key. I would so have to agree with that. Weekly level 10 meeting. Weekly. All right. So. Uh, Josh, weekly level 10 meetings from uh, the book Traction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys are looking at SEO at all? I imagine you guys must be looking at we, it. We do a little bit of it, but 
Not much. Not much. We do everything is more so paid advertising. Yeah. Uh, Andy Dragonova wants to know if you guys are using the OfferFest app to move your deals in Miami yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. We yeah. have we have a good group of buyers, and one thing we miss out on a lot of deals because we don't take we don't get a deal under contract unless we are about ninety five percent sure we can sell it. Yeah, and that's 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 probably not the best strategy, but it just works for us and our personality. I just can't imagine calling somebody and saying, "Hey, after having your property for two weeks." I, I I can't do the deal, so for me I just know I couldn't sleep I can't sleep well at night doing that. But yeah, that's our business philosophy too. Uh, we don't cancel. We were right. just we were just talking with Jesse about that, and you know for us it's key, you know, because you treat people how you want to be treated. Yeah. And if we get that deal, nine times out of ten we know we can sell it, or if not, we can close on it and we'll mm. rehab it or keep it as a rental. So you know these these people that are calling pre foreclosure foreclosure tax deed divorce, divorce relocation and they need to get out of the house and you know you're tying their property up for two to three weeks and you know we're just not those type of guys yeah yeah, yeah we're definitely losing deals but right. um, I mean we we tell them like we're gonna close on your deal or unless we're too far apart in price then we'll yeah. tell them like we'll pay this price. But just know in two weeks we might come back and say no. Yeah. Right, 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 right. But we'll set the expectation up front if we think we can't close on it. Okay, so you guys are doing uh, wholesaling. Are you guys flipping too or just purely wholesaling? So our business is really unique. So our first year in business, we did strictly wholesaling. Mm -hmm. And then we said, hey, man, one thing that we always did, we tracked our deal. So every deal we sold, we saw, okay, we know what we sold it for to our end buyer. And we saw what they flipped it for. And we would start calling these guys and say, hey, how much did you put into this house? So we start counting their pockets and say, hey, this guy's making 50, 60, you know, $40,000 on the flip. So our second year, we switch everything and we start flipping, just only doing flipping, you know, three to five flips a month. Mm -hmm. And then you see, you know, flipping is fun, it's cool for social media, but when you have to deal with contractors, squatters, people stealing, you know, stealing out of the property. AC's growing legs. <laughs> the, the, the biggest issue is cash flow problems where, your work, you know, you have, you know, 400 grand, half a million dollars out in, in expenses and nothing coming back in and you got to take a line of credit. And then we said, you know what, we need to switch back to wholesaling, which is, you know, a great decision that we made. Yeah. yeah. I agree with this philosophy. <laughs> uh, we did the flipping thing. It no, sucks. We, we, like, we, we did it. We did it backwards. You know how most people, they grow a business, scale it and then leave it. Uh -huh. We grew a business and say, you know what, we're, we're going to leave it a little bit. Then we went to, so year two was more so rehabs. Mm -hmm. And then year three, which was last year, building our rental portfolio. And then now we're sitting back like, damn, you know, we don't have a team. We need a team. Like now it's just purely, purely wholesale. So let's talk about that, the team. What does your team look like today? Dispositions, <laughs> acquisitions. We have a transaction coordinator. We had an assistant who quit us on Monday. On Monday. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. But that, one thing I want to share about that, though, is if you, if you have good talent, pay ta you know, you got to pay for talent. And for us, you know, she came highly qualified. She was good. And it was, it was two things. It was, you know, the, the, the side. Cause she thought, you know, okay, these guys are asking me to do one thing, but then she came in and she saw it's, it was a lot more. And then two, you know, she had other aspirations. She she had other things that she wanted to do mm -hmm. as far as, you know, having kids and things like that. So, you know, it wasn't the best fit for her, but um, yeah. yeah. So the dispositions, acquisitions. We have a transaction coordinator. And how many VAs? Uh, four, no, Five VAs, five VAs. And what do the VAs handle? So one is, you know, list building, um, because we're really focusing on building our buyer's list. Mm -hmm. um, so two of them focus strictly on just building a better buyer list for us, because 
we started to track our numbers. And before, we used to focus solely on acquisitions, and we would use people like Keely to. We never use Keely, but it's people other wholesalers, other wholesalers to sell our deals that had a, a strong buyers list. And then you see, and you look at your numbers, and you say, you know, in one year you paid out a hundred and you know forty thousand dollars to somebody. I can hire somebody three people full of time to build that list for me to build buyers so you know now we're focusing on really building out a strong buyer list so we we get to a point where okay if we have a deal in a certain zip code we should be able to go to this list call the seven buyers that have all bought you know fix or flip or rental whatever that deal is and say hey we have a deal similar to the one you bought down the street you should take a look at it mm-hmm. so that's one thing um, another thing is building lists so um, you know for foreclosures pre foreclosure things like that and the last VA just does some miscellaneous tasks, you know, gotcha. little things. Yeah. Okay. So the assistant that you had that quit, what was she doing? <laughs> Making our life so much easier. So much easier. <laughs> so much. And, and for us, you know, um, she, when she came in, it was very clear on what we wanted. So our what we really wanted from her was to understand our entire business because, you know, we travel, we're doing this, we're doing that. And certain times, you know, be like, now nah, I'm on your show. He's doing acquisitions. Oh, he's probably getting a phone call right now and mm-hmm. we're missing out on that lead. So yeah. that lead would have went to her and she would have kind of pre-qualified that lead. You know, she would putting together contract, I mean, contracts for us, managing the VAs. Um, we're building out our office. We expanded the office. We're getting ready to build out the sales team. Um, so she she was helping with that. So every aspect of the business, she, she played a part in. Just really understanding, you know, how we operated, how we thought. So if we're not there, you know, things can continue to move uh, smoothly. And another thing was helping us get organized. Yeah. Like one thing I'm not afraid, we, we were highly unorganized. We was like, and we still are. And we still are. Because <laughs> yeah. you get so focused on, you know, I'm getting I'm getting deals and, you know, doing deals. And then you you, focus, you figure things out. You're like, man, like I have to call him and say, because I'm doing dispo. Hey, when can I, when can I show you, when can I show this property? Or what is the seller's number? No, you know, so she was helping us get organized. So gotcha. we definitely are going to bring somebody else in and really help us to get organized and get our stuff together. So when you guys are talking about scaling, Right, mm-hmm. spending more on PPC, you need the the, the sales team mm-hmm. to handle that. Right. What is that so like? What is your vision for the sales team? Anybody that's listening to this podcast that has any sales experience, we're looking for you. <laughs> that's <laughs> our vision right now. <laughs> because one thing that you posted, which resonated with me so well, with me doing acquisitions, I realized that I understand sales, but I'm not a sales guy. I'm mm-hmm. a person. I, I can't quote it word for word, but you put most salespeople, most of your acquisitions, they're, they, they're not selling. They're just talking to people. Mm-hmm. And I realized that's what I'm doing because my lead is so easy that mm-hmm. they're ready. They're basically giving me the property away yeah, most of the time. You're winning based off bonding rapport, not skills. Right, yeah. right. And yeah. that's what I was doing. So now, as far as a sales organization, we really want to find somebody who has years of sales experience who can come in and they teach us sales and we teach them real estate. The same thing yeah. we did with our PBC guy. And I think that would be a dynamic situation for us I mean because you know some most entrepreneurs they're good at either marketing sales finance for us you know he's really good at finance but we're both really good at solving problems yeah. you know we understand sales we understand marketing we understand finance we're, give me a problem we can fix it mm-hmm. you know some if I show you some of the deals that we do you're like how the hell does we just solve problems yeah. so we you know and for us I think that's somewhat of a strength I understand I'm not strong in certain areas mm-hmm. we're not strong in certain areas so we're going to hire somebody that's really good that knows what they're doing. They're going to come teach us, and you know, you lead that department. So I'm going to disagree with you guys. Okay. Okay. I always say you want to get bodies that have that want to do sales, right. but they're probably not good at sales themselves. And I can help you guys. Okay. 
get these. Just a way. Just a way that our guys are, are killing it here right. in Phoenix. We can talk about that. And we definitely um, will talk offline. So, one question I have, because um, you know, you guys are doing pay per click, and people are clicking on, on on your website, right? And when they're when we're doing PPC, it's speed to lead. Right. It's super critical. Right. How are you guys solving that problem? So again, everything comes. Remember, you just said I'm, I'm, I'm probably getting a call right now that mm-hmm. I'm missing. So everything that happens on the website it comes directly to my cell phone. So if somebody okay. does a form submission, I get I get a, a text message, check the portal ASAP. Mm-hmm. Or if they call, it comes directly to my cell phone. Right, if they call. Yeah. Right, I had it. If they call, they went straight to my cell. I, I but when they did a form, how oh. did you guys connect right away? Because if you don't call them in like 30 seconds, right. they're on the next website. Right. So as soon as I as soon as I get that notification, regardless of where I am, I always have my laptop. Okay. So I can do a, I can pull a comps, and if it's an area that I know, then I don't even need to pull a comps. Mm. But I always have my laptop, so as soon as the lead comes in, I've been at dinner sometimes with friends. Excuse me, guys, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> we get a lead sometimes at nine o'clock, sometimes ten o'clock, and people say you call people at that time. Everybody has a different work schedule. Mm-hmm. She probably just got off of work and she wants to sell her house. So you're right. If she if she filled out a form submission at 11:30 at night and I'm up, I'm going to call her. Absolutely. He's like what? And we've gotten deals that way. And nobody sellers don't say anything about they it. They don't. Care. No, they don't. No, they're happy. They're but right. but you think about it. We live in an instantaneous society that if you don't get back to me is an issue. So for me, it's, I look at it as I'm getting back to everybody. He'll tell you it's been times very important meetings. Excuse me, guys. Like we were just sitting, we were just sitting with Jesse. Hey Jesse, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Let me step outside. And I closed the deal on the phone yeah. during a meeting. We were meeting with one of our investors. They got to give us, you know, some money to do some things, and yeah, to walk out of the meeting. So, I mean, business people understand that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It, business is happening. This is how, you know, for that investor, I explained to him, hey, that's that lead is going to put your money to work, so you don't right. have anything to worry about. Yeah. Right. So going back to what you're talking about closing the deal, are you guys closing the deals over the phone? That's something that we just started doing three months ago. So we had this limited belief that we had to go see the house. That's kind of how we were taught. Go see the house, build rapport, and you you can close the sale better face-to-face. And then we started thinking, how can we scale that? Mm -hmm. It's not really a scalable model. You're going to be working forever. And just about three months ago, the deal that he said, the guy didn't pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. So we got a deal. So we do deals in Miami. And this lead came in, as you know from PPC, sometimes you it picks up outside of your radius. Oh yeah. So it came it came in from the west coast of Florida and the guy, I wish every seller was like this, he basically begged me to buy his property. But since I had no no understanding of the market, I didn't know anything, I'm like, okay, how can I comp this? What can I do to to get this deal under contract and get it sold? So I found somebody that works that area who was supposed to be really good. I went I he said, Okay, I'll get to it. The seller texts me two hours later, hey, am I going to hear from somebody? I'm like, what? So I'm thinking at this point, it's brand, it's, it's, it's brand reputation. He's probably going to think that we don't do what we say we're going to do. So I got on the phone. I called him, had a nice conversation. I said, well, listen, I can't I can't give you an offer right now. Just give me some time. So I reached out to a colleague that, who who does deals all over the state of Florida. I said, comp this property for me. Comp the property. I called the guy back. I said, I think he wanted like 250 for the property. I said, listen, the best I can do is 2.15, he said, listen, I really need to sell this house. 2.22, you got a deal. 2.22, we locked it up, we sold it, and we made like 27K on it. Never saw it, never, never went and tried to sell it, anything. At that moment, that was about two or three months ago, that was the turning point for us. Now, everything is done over the phone. Everything. Yeah. Because right now, we 
with us knowing PBC so well, you know, our plan is to build out a sales organization and just start taking this across the, the state of Florida, possibly in Georgia, Carolinas. Gotcha. We really know what we need, so. uh, let's see. So go back to some of these questions. Um, what does your daily schedule look like? Um, I'll start. For me, you know, I get up uh, early in the morning because I have two daughters and, you know, they get my attention in the morning. But before they get up, you know, I do my gratitudes. I, you know, I'm a Christian, so pray, do my um, my devotions, uh, listen to some motivational stuff. And then from there, I get them up, get them ready for school, get them out. I mean, get them to school. And, and I try to handle all the important stuff in the morning. Every Anything that I feel is important, is critical, I get that out the way first. And then later on in the afternoon, just, you know, you know whether we need to sell a deal or dealing with the transaction coordinator on getting our deals um, closed. Um, and, you know, we have some other miscellaneous things that we're doing with other businesses mm-hmm. and then focus on that later on in the afternoon. But in the morning is, you know, critical things in real estate all morning. And then in the afternoon, anything else. Mine's right. is similar. Just wake up, pray, spend time with my daughter because I know during the day I really can't spend as much time as I would like right now. So that first 30 to 30 minutes to an hour and a half, depending on if I'm going to the gym or not, spent with my daughter. If, I, if, if I'm going to the gym, I give about an hour, and then I drop off to the babysitter, go to the gym, and then get to crushing deals, finding, find, like for me, I think, that, I think we are so blessed in that our personalities fit exactly what we do in mm-hmm. the company. Like I'm a talker. I could talk all day long, yeah. like all day long. You don't long. need me here. All day long. You don't need me here. Like, I just, I just love talking and interacting with people, yeah. whereas with him, he's more so laid back, reserved, and that, that verse for us. But so, Jim, then just go crush the day. Gotcha. Um, how did you guys find your VAs? Um, it's a buddy of ours in Miami. He has a company, and he just, you know, he has VAs, you know, all in South America. And you say, hey, I need a VA to do this. And um, he has a very, very nice team down there in uh, South America. So he puts me in contact with his manager. I explain to her exactly what we're looking for and what we're trying to do. And she finds the fit. And it's been working well. Gotcha. Uh, Jesse Burrell wants to know. What's up, Jesse? Jesse! baby? My new best friend. (laughs) (laughs) Love that guy. Uh, What's your favorite book? Um, The Energy Bus. By far, I, any yeah. entrepreneur, you have to read the Energy Bus. It's an easy read. It's simple. I'm not to be. I'm. I read, but you know, it's more so of. Uh, but that book took me a week to read, and yeah. it's, it's easy read. It's ten steps that you can not only implement in your personal life, but in your business as well. So highly yeah, recommend so any, the Energy any, Bus. Anybody that joins our team, that's not on the ghost. You have to read that book. Because at first, when he told me to read the book, I'm more of a reader than he is, but I like to read about finance and how does Steve Train go from zero to 100. I love reading other people's stories. Mm-hmm. So he comes to me with this, like, this self-help book. I'm like, listen, I don't want to read this. Like, man, just please read it. I read the first five pages, fell in love, and it just, that's a book that if, if I had to give a book to somebody, they say, give me a, a life-changing book, is that book. Because it just talks about you control your energy, you control what happens in your life. Whereas we live in a society now, at least in my belief, it's your fault that I can't do this and this and that. No, no, it's not Steve's fault. It's your fault. All right. Yeah. Uh, Good. That's awesome. Uh, So I'm getting this question from a few different people is if if someone wanted to get started online, how much do they have to have saved up? When we first started, we were spending 35, no, we were spending 2,500. When we first started but 
remember the first six months was we knew we were we we were not going to do really any deals. I would say right now in this market with everybody doing it, we spent seven k. But I know we are an anomaly. I'm not saying that to be arrogant, but um, I would say minimum like because we we just took on a customer and she's spending like four thousand and she's doing pretty good. I and I, I, I let me retract that a little bit. It de- it depends on your market. Because if I'm spending four thousand in Arizona and I'm just starting, I don't know what I'm doing. You're going to say PPC is a waste of time. It's trash. Yeah. So I think it's it, I, I think it depends on your yeah. market. But I would say four to five thousand is a good budget to start with. But again, but then again, that's a lot of money for a lot of people. Absolutely. So gotcha. I know by the end of this year, we're going to be spending minimum like twenty five k online. So, uh, so let's see. Um, so you guys aren't pulling any data. Uh, not right no. now. Right now, we're starting in a month. We yeah. will be. Okay. So yeah. what are you guys gonna be pulling? Uh, we're gonna start cold calling. Um, and it's just simply, you know, if you want to really scale, um, you can't just focus on one source of marketing. You have to have deals coming in from, you know, every. Somebody's question was, what are we gonna be pulling? Oh, different, uh, different data. Um, mm. same same thing. Everybody else, pre foreclosures, foreclosures, tax deeds, absentee owners, high equity, no equity. Um, same thing everybody else is pulling, really. Yeah. Um, but we're going to focus on motivated sellers, which are foreclosures, tax defaults. Um, that's where we're going to put a lot of our energy because, you know, we want to focus on, you know, where there's some motivation or people should have some motivation to sell. Yeah. You know, everybody, you know, a lot of people talk about the absentee owners, but I told them if we do this, I just want to focus on motivated sellers. Yeah. I know everybody else, a lot of people are going to be hitting them as well, but. I just that's really what I want to focus on until we until we really grow out and we can start doing other things targeting other yeah. people. Uh, Justin wants to know if you're planning on using batch skip tracing. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to give you a shot. If the list is good, we'll keep using. <laughs> that's why we talked about it today. <laughs> um, and then so deal flow, like how many deals are you guys doing a month right now? Between like seven to twelve. Seven to twelve. Seven to twelve. Um, and then I, I don't think there's something we talked about so far, but like one thing. That's great about pay-per-click, at least in my experience, was if it was a deal, it was a deal today. Right. Yes. Right. Right. There was no follow-up. Right. Yes. It was like it's either gonna happen or it's not gonna happen. Most I would for say the most part. I would yeah. say that's about eighty five percent. They yeah. call in and listen, man, just give me what I want for my house. And if we can do it, we can do it. If not, then we try to negotiate. But most of the time, eighty five percent of those leads are people that are looking to sell today. Yeah. Like it's it's been times where somebody's house and this has happened multiple times. The house is going to the tax sale the next week, and we have to put up the fifteen, twenty-five thousand dollars to stop the sale without doing a title and a lien search. Mm-hmm. So we take that we are a risky company, and we'll do that. I know most people won't, but yes, those eighty-five yeah, percent. We just did that where we bought fifty percent of a property, <laughs> and we come to find out it was fraud. <laughs> it was horrible. That that was a bad yeah. experience. Oh, what was that? So this guy contacted us and he was like, listen, you know, I co-own this house with my dad by just giving me a bunch of BS. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it wasn't because, I mean, on, on county records, you know, everything, if, if everything checked out, you know, he, he was on county records. He sent us the deed. He sent us everything. And, we, and my attorney saw the deed. And my attorney saw everything. My attorney said, listen, it's no way you guys can lose this. Come to find out, we get a call from the police. This was about two weeks ago. In the, in the state attorney's office. Hey, you guys are involved in a fraudulent transaction. And I was just one of the few times, I don't drive with him a lot, but I, I put it on speaker. I said, listen to this. You guys are involved in fraud and you guys purchased a property. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> I don't know if this is a prank or not. And he said, no, sir, this is the 
the lieutenant for blank blank police department. I'm like, okay, this is serious. I said, just tell me what's going on. He said, well, it's not really your fault. This, the this, person that did it to us, he said he they they've he's done this. Fraudster. He's a known fraudster. He's a big time drug dealer. The yeah. money that you guys fronted him for fifty percent of the house, he used that. To, to, to hire an attorney to get him out of this case. And we're just yeah. like, this is Damn, ridiculous. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what Jamil was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then dispositioning. So you're in charge of dispositions. Yes. What's the disposition process? Um, for us, you know, people think I need this huge list of buyers. We sell 90% of our deals to the same, you know, seven to 10 guys. Um, these are all guys we know and trust. A lot of these guys go see the property for us. Um, so, but to answer your question, a lead comes in, he gets it under contract, he sends it over to me, and you know, I take a look at it and I say, okay, you know, I do my comps. What can we sell it for? And for us, you know, um, we probably price it just below. Uh, it depends on the area because there are some super hot areas in Miami where I know we'll get some guy to pay over. You know pay well over what he should be paying for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he sends it over to me, you know, we'll price it out. And certain times, 80% of our deals, we probably sell just off a phone call, you know? Um, and then th- the deals that we cannot sell through a phone call or guys don't give us the number that we think we can get for, we'll send it out to our list. And um, and then we'll we'll get buyers that call in and say, hey, I want to take a look at it. Or we'll get a wholesaler that has a buyer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll go through that whole process of showing them the house, and going into contract. Okay, uh, so VIPs, then the list, and if you guys can't sell it through the list, then what? That's rare. That's Remember, true. I told you most of the deals we get, we, we pretty much we pretty much know we're going to sell it. Yeah. And like we miss out on a lot of deals doing it that way. But Jesse, thank God for him, he showed us a different way that something else that we can do. Yeah. So when, when there's a, a slight chance that we can't sell it, to set the expectation up front with the seller and just basically do an option contract with right. them. So, yeah, that's what we do. Right. Uh, what markets are you guys in? Miami, Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Is it for now? Uh, what are your overhead? We know we talked about your marketing budget. What's your overhead? 35K. That's including paying ourselves, paying all the VAs, paying the TC. You know, we, we believe in lean. You know, um, we try to run as lean, operate as lean as possible. So, I mean, our office is, is our office is nice, but it's not some big fancy office. Mm-hmm. You know, lean is our lean is a principle that we live by. Yeah. You know, we, we try to make as much happens with as minimal people as possible. Thirty five sounds like a lot. So, are you guys paying yourself like very well? Okay. Just want to make sure. Now he's doing okay. He, he does better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Any valuable resources that people need to check out? Um, obviously the MLS, that's mm-hmm. very valuable. We, we use the MLS every day. And um, one resource that, I mean, probably people don't think about, but find a mentor. Find somebody that's doing what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, you know, if they're willing to take on you as a mentee, ask them questions. and Pay the money. Pay the money. Questions. Pay for their time, which is key. Mm-hmm. Pay for their time. And, yeah, ask them, ask them as many questions as you can. Yeah. And you guys have, you said, one hour every week set aside just for that? Yes, yeah. for people that... Anybody reaches out to us, you know, probably on a Tuesday or Wednesday night because those are kind of slower days for mm-hmm. us, but it'll be like 7 o'clock at night, maybe 8 o'clock. Come into the office, you can ask any question you want. I don't care what it is. Ask anything. Um, we, we are really open book, so yeah. like we don't mind sharing anything. Because you think about our business, we all do the same thing. 
Yeah. Think about it. We all do the same thing. We're good at PPC. You're good at this. That person is good at cold calling. Mm-hmm. But we all do the same. There's no secrets. There's no trades. There. Could you think? You look at this business. You know, businesses that get bored are businesses that have intellectual property. Mm-hmm. There's no intellectual property in wholesaling. Yeah. You know, when have you seen a wholesale company get you know bought out by private equity? Never. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, but I'm hoping. <laughs> um, Okay, so what is there like a CRM tool or system that you guys could not live without? PMLS. MLS. Uh, yeah, that's that's about the only thing that we really and use. him for his cell phone because he really keeps everything in the phone. That's crazy. It's crazy. That's crazy. Like I said, we're building out a podio now, but um, yeah, just that. Gotcha. Uh, what is your why? I'll start with Jeremy. My daughter and his daughters as well. Yeah. Like we are very close in the family. That's how we were raised. And my daughter just like, that's my pride and joy. I didn't have a dad growing up. So mm-hmm. that's just like, oh, I love that girl so much. That's yeah. my why. Same here. Same. And, and also, um, freedom. I, I, freedom and my, my mom as well. My mom is an awesome individual. She's an amazing, amazing person. My mom is, you know, she's taught us everything that we know. I get emotional to talk about my mom. And the biggest thing that we've ever done, well, one of the biggest things we've done thus far is you know when we first started making money about what you know a, a year and a half two years ago we completely remodeled our house because she didn't want to move she didn't want to move she didn't want to move out the hood <laughs> mom if you're watching please we need you to move <laughs> but um complete renovation of our house new roof new floors new plumbing kit anything new impact well we're getting ready to put impact windows in um but yeah complete renovation of our house that's so. awesome uh what is you guys biggest struggle right now just building out a team trying to we're going through that struggle of trying to figure figure that figure that part out of the business because now that we've made a conscious effort to focus on wholesaling it's building on that team of having acquisitions people dispositions and really making sure that everything is intertwined and working smoothly but the 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 reason i think we struggle is because our our experience with the cleaning company that was a really bad experience you know hiring and, and managing those type of employees um, so that's kind of has, I guess, slowed us down. We we knew we should have been hiring a year, maybe a year and a half ago, but just that experience itself. So that has been a struggle. And that will always stay a struggle. I mean, that's the, right, people and systems is the only thing, right? Yeah. And you can get the systems pretty good, right? yeah. but people, you know, they're irrational creatures. Yeah, uh, trust me, <laughs> we learned that on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she was amazing too, man. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, it's tough. So you're, you guys, that will always be struggle. I have that struggle. Um, okay, so let's see. Any other questions? Um, uh, Bio wants to know if you guys have a cold calling company. You guys are you guys just started cold calling or are going to start cold we're calling? We're going to start. Once no. the, okay. Me, once the podio is finished, yeah. we're going to start. Yeah, we don't know. Adela says that you guys are her favorite investors in Boward, Miami. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, biggest struggle in the beginning, networking or self-doubt? Networking, networking for sure i don't we, think we struggle like as humbly as possible we don't struggle with self-doubt it's just right. just knowing where we come from and knowing what we've been able to do that self-doubt has never been an issue for us like i'm, I'm the type of person where okay if if steve is doing 50 homes a month that means i can do 50 homes a month mm-hmm. and i'm going to figure out how to do 50 homes a month and i don't yeah. i don't compare myself we don't compare ourselves with anybody but i look at somebody and they say okay what's different between me and that guy yeah. If I cut him, his blood is going to be red. He puts on his fish pants one leg at a time. So that is never. It's just more so networking. All right. Uh, 
Uh, Evander uh, Livingston wants to know what's your best success deal story. Is that more profit wise, or you know the the hoops and hurdles we had to jump over to get it closed? Oh, <laughs> so the first one that comes to mind. Um, I would say profit. I, the, the the first profit deal was we had it earlier this year. Boca Raton is probably one of the richest zip codes mm-hmm. in the country, and the lady calls me. My house is in Boca. Like this is this is literally a godsend. I think this is our biggest wholesale deal ever. She calls me. Listen, um, I want to sell my house. I owe 185. I know the house is worth about 450. All I want is 204. Can you do it? Yes, ma'am, I can do it. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. And she said, okay, send me the contract. Probably locked it up in less than three minutes. And wow. We, yeah, we made a ton of money on that deal. That's yeah. That, that was that solid. was that was the I wanna say that's a, a huge success, but that was the easiest deal we've done by far. As far as success, um I would say this is the most successful deal. We haven't even completed it yet. This is the first deal that we're gonna. We know we're gonna lose money on it. But it's this lady, and this is I'm talking about miraculous what she's done. So th- this is when we were entertaining that we had just figured out PPC, and we were gonna do another marketing um, campaign, which was mailers. So we started. I sent we sent out uh, some mail. The lady called me, said, "Listen, come out. Let me tell you about my situation." So I come out. She was like, "Listen, I have this property where we're meeting at, which is a duplex. I want to keep this property." But in order for me to keep this, you have to buy my my brother's property. Mind you, this is a this is a year and a half ago that we started this process and it's still not done. So she was like, listen, if you buy my brother's property, you will allow me to keep my duplex and I, my dream is to be a real estate investor. We're gonna lose money on the deal just because it, it was a short sale. The house that we were buying, it was a short sale. The, the, the appraisal came back too high. There's a squatter in it, so we gotta pay the squatter to leave. We gotta deal with the horrible appraisal. We got to deal with the house that needs liens and violations. So many issues. But the reason why I want to do this deal is because I don't know how it works in Arizona, but in in Florida, if your house is going to foreclosure, you can go before the judge and and ask the judge to give you more time. This lady, for both houses combined, typically you can only go to the judge three times. She's going to the judge on each house. Well, for one property, it was 18 times and the other one was 12. And every single time she figures out a way to get that sale stopped. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, listen, I know we, I know our, we, we're in this to make money, but we're really in this to help people. We started this because my mom went through foreclosure. We figured out how to get her out of foreclosure. And that was part of getting us into wholesaling and really helping people. Yeah. So that, yeah. I think, I think that would be the, the biggest, biggest success because now she's, I think she's closing on her property in about two weeks, the one that she wants to keep. So, and that's an, you you know touch on something that he said. The name of our company is Freedom Cash Home Buyers, and we live by the motto: we want to set people free from okay. whatever situation they're facing, whether it's you know foreclosure, taxes, or I just want to move out of state because my daughter lives in another in another state. We want to set you free. So that's the name. That's how we came up with the name. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask you this question, and I, it's not me. It's Pace. <laughs> it's oh, Pace. I know. Uh, so, have you guys ever kissed the same girl, <laughs> and they thought it was the same person? They didn't think it was. They knew it was somebody different. Yeah. But yes, we have. Yes, Pace, we yes. kissed the same girl. Yes, one time. All right, there, there you go, Pace. <laughs> I love Pace. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, everyone's like, you got to answer Pace's question. You got to ask Pace's question. Uh, T. Bracy wants to know how old are you guys? 27. 27. We'll 28. 28 Sunday. 28 on Sunday. So if you want to come to Miami and party with us, 
Hit us up on Instagram. <laughs> All right. And how would they hit you up on Instagram? Uh, Mathis Twins. Mathis Twins. That's our Instagram handle. Who runs it? We both do, but we're not the best at it. Like we, yeah. we do it now to to really build awareness to try to help people yeah. and to to really show people you're capable of doing anything that you set your mind to. So our Instagram is more so for inspiration, but I could tell you we both hate it. We we hate posting. Yeah. I hate being on like on like doing a story, but I understand it's a necessary evil because if you do it right, you can be pretty good. You know, you're hanging out with pace, right? You see. <laughs> How important it is. Yeah. Right. All right. Um, what is you guys' favorite, best, or most interesting failure? I, For me, our most interesting failure is where we are right now in that we don't have a team, mm-hmm. but a huge team or the team that we should to free up our time to do bigger things and, and different things. And that is it, not really a failure. It's just more so like a lesson learned that whatever the next company that we get involved in to really – Number one, learn how to let go. You can't do everything yourself. And focus. Then, and then focus. And if we were to focus two and a half years ago, we would be way, way bigger, a, than, big, we, bigger than what we are. But everybody's journey is different. I wouldn't change my journey for anything. Like, I love my journey. So yeah. Because now we know every aspect of real estate. Development. Like we've taken on development projects. I'm talking about houses with million-dollar liens. Every facet of real estate, we have some experience. We've done in flipping, it. we've done wholesaling, rentals, you know, development, managing rental properties. So everything that you can think awful. of. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. It is. What you learn, you learn. All right. So I'm going to circle back with you guys for last thoughts. Uh, so before we do that, guys, due to multiple requests, uh, Max Jimenez and I, we're going to be doing another workshop this coming September. Uh, so it's going to be September 20th and 21st, I believe. If you want to see if you qualify to come to our workshop in Phoenix, go to disruptors.com, fill that out. Um, and next week, we got Jory Alston coming out as well from Miami to defend your guys' city. Yeah, let's go, Jory. Yeah, so we're going to put Jamil in his place. <laughs> uh, so we already talked about how to reach you. So, uh, guys, if you like the show, please share this episode right now. Rising tide, rising tide does lift all boats. So we'll go with final thoughts. I'll start with Jeremy. Final thought is anybody out there that's trying to get into this business, that's really trying to figure out you know, how to maneuver this business, is this is a very simple business. Don't do what I did. Overcomplicate things and overthink things. This is a very, very simple business. So just work hard at it. It is hard work. And just remember, follow-up gets the deal. Um, to, to You said you asked us a question about our failures. One failure... Um, that we had, and it's to tie into you know what I want to really want to say is we when you get into something, make sure you do your due diligence. Don't just take people's word for it, um, because that ad on the radio. If we would have properly done our due diligence, you know, we wouldn't have been out of that money. It's a valuable lesson, but you know, make sure you guys do your due diligence before you sign up with any mentors or spend money on, you know, whatever it is. Um, and number two is just set accountabilities for yourself. Make sure you set accountabilities to your uh, for yourself and for your team, um, so that you continue to push your business forward. And I mean, just treat people. One of our core values is people over profit. So always treat people how you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And we firmly believe that you know, I don't care how much money you can make on the deal. If you treat people the right way and you do the right things, you know that deal will come back to you. We missed out on a lot of deals um, just by. You know, we know we could have made a lot of money on it, but we knew, okay, we'll probably have to do something wrong or cheat a person, and that's just not who we are. So um, people over profit. Always treat people with respect. Be honest with people, 
and it'll always pay off better in the long run. Yep. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks Thank for having us on. Thank you. Thank you for having Thank us. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank Finally. You. <laughs>